Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you're here with us today. This podcast, as you all know, is about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, I say this at the beginning of pretty much every episode because it's important to me, but if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. There's been so many great guests who have been on the show before. We've got amazing upcoming guests. I have a fantastic guest with us today. So by subscribing, you'll always stay in the note. And to those who have reached out to me recently about the show, thank you so much. Always appreciate your feedback and for taking time to share your thoughts. All right. So today I've got a fantastic guest with us. Super amazing guest. Someone who has been on the show last season. He played in the NFL. He's a two-time Super Bowl champ, back-to-back champ even. So get ready. Inside the huddle with us today and ready to help us to move the ball is Byron Chamberlain. Byron is a former NFL tight end who played college football at the University of Missouri and Wayne State College. And he was drafted in the NFL during the seventh round of the 95 draft. Byron played pro ball for the Denver Broncos, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Washington Redskins. He was a pro bowler, and he won back-to-back Super Bowls with the Broncos in Super Bowl 32 and 33. Byron, welcome to the show. Hey, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back on. One of the reasons, as we talked about, that I wanted to have you back on. So on the last episode, we talked a lot about playing football, why football, what made you fall in love with it, and kind of your journey through playing. And so I don't want to relive all that. We'll talk a little bit about that, but I would really encourage everyone to go back and listen to that season one episode. We'll have a link to it in the show notes as well as it's a great show. But I really wanted to talk about something that that I think is an important topic for players as they're looking to be successful beyond the game of football. As you know, there are some guys that do it well and thrive. There are a number of guys that struggle and there are some that kind of float and figure it out eventually. So I wanted to bring you back on and kind of talk about from your perspective, what advice, what tips, what experiences you can share that will really help people to kind of develop that playbook and be successful beyond the game. But let's talk a little bit about football real quickly and then kind of get into that conversation. So I mentioned that you played college at Mizzou and then you were at Wayne State. Talk to us about your transition from college football to the NFL. What was different? What you learned? What was eye-opening for you? There was a ton of difference. One of the things, when I was at Missouri, I was coached by some future NFL head coaches. My receiver coach was Marty Morningway, who was an NFL head coach, and I think he's now he's an offensive coordinator. Dirk Cutter, who's been an offensive coordinator and an NFL head coach as well, and then a guy by the name of Andy Reid. These were all our offensive coaches. And everybody knows what Andy's done in Philadelphia and with the Kansas City Chiefs. And so as far as knowledge of the game, I felt like I was ahead of the game because those were some brilliant coaches and some brilliant teachers. And they really got me prepared mentally as far as learning the game and understanding the game, 
the nuances of the game and things of that sort. And then when I went to Wayne State, another amazing coach that I had there, Keith Simons as an offensive coordinator, was a guy who was just way ahead of his time. He was doing the things that they're doing now in football with the spread offense, using the tight end as a weapon and as a, a guy that you can detach from the line. And he was doing those things in the early 90s, early to mid-90s before people had even thought of those things. So we actually led the nation in offense, running the spread offense, single back, four receivers. I think we averaged 580-something yards a game. We averaged 49 points a game back then. So my point is I had some outstanding teachers and coaches in college. But to answer your question, the transition to the NFL, just the speed of the game, how much you have to learn I felt like in college, I was kind of drinking this thing by the teaspoon. And then in the NFL, they were like pouring gallons down your throat. So you had to grasp so much information, be able to quickly process it and and then apply it to the field. And the guys that couldn't do that, the guys that were slow in doing that, they got left behind. Those are the guys that got cut, they got traded, and eventually found their way out of the NFL. So just that being able to process tons and tons of information and apply it on the field real time, that was the biggest difference from college and the NFL. And when you look back upon your transition and people that you've known that have done well, aside from being able to process that information for guys that are playing college now that are hoping to make it to the league, are there some things that you would pass on to them as far as, hey, make sure you're doing this now to set yourself up? I mean, obviously training hard, working hard is important, but are there other things that you think would be important for guys that are still in college trying to position themselves to play at the next level? What would those things be? Training hard, everybody does that. There's some freaking nature athletes out there at every college and university campus. But I think the thing that will separate yourself is really understanding the game, not just your position, but understanding the game. And that's the things that Dirk Cutter and Andy Reid and those guys like that really helped me out with is understanding, okay, we have this play, but what is the point of this play? Why are we running this? Why are we running this against this coverage? Why are you running your route like this? Why are we blocking it like this? What's the defense doing that's dictating to us exactly where the ball is going to go? And I remember just like a lot of Guys coming in, they're running their routes, and they're like, hey, I was open. And the thing about it is when you understand the game, when you understand the play versus the coverage versus the adjustments that are being made real time as the play's going on, you understand what the quarterback sees. You understand why he's dumping this ball off to the fullback and not throwing it to you. And so that's what my advice would be to the young players. Really study the game. Be a student of the game and understand how this defensive coverage is going to affect you and your route or your blocking assignment or where the ball is going to go. And the same thing as far as a defensive player. Really understand formations, understand what the offense is seeing and how they're going to adjust to what you're doing defensively. And if you can learn that type of stuff, it puts you ahead of the game. It makes the game easier. A quick story. Someone was asking me about the L.A. Chargers quarterback, backup quarterback right now, Chase Daniel. And I had the pleasure of coaching at Mizzou when Chase Daniel was there for one year. And there's like, hey, he's still in the NFL. and He still has a job. And that's the one thing about Chase. He understands football. He understands. I think his biggest thing is 
he understands where the ball is supposed to go on every play, on every situation versus every coverage. And because he can do that, he's not the most gifted quarterback out there physically. I think he's only six feet tall. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he understands the game. And understanding the game, he's been around 12, 13 years now and still continues to thrive in the NFL. So, young guys, that's going to help you so much more than just your athletic ability. Absolutely. And it's it's really maintaining that bigger picture, being a student of the game, understanding all elements of what's going out on the field. It's not just about your position and what you're supposed to do. Exactly. So before we go into more of the business side and things that people should be doing to focus on success beyond football, you were part of the Broncos back-to-back Super Bowl championship teams. Let's just talk for a second about what in your mind made the teams that you played on for those two years so elite and so great. Well, number one, I think everything starts from the top, leadership. We had one of the greatest owners in sports and in the NFL, Pat Bolin and the Bolin family. I mean, they were so just first class with everything they did. They came and they treated their players as much as like family as anyone has ever done in professional sports. When you were a member of the Denver Broncos, you were part of Pat's family. He treated you like that. He knew your name. He knew your parents' names. He knew your brothers' and sisters' names. And he would always ask you about them. And he would ask you about, you know, how you're doing. He was concerned about you as a person. And so he was a great leader and may continue to rest in peace. Then our coach, Mike Shanahan, he was just a genius, a mastermind when it came to football and his best ability was the ability to understand people. He understood what motivated certain individuals and the things he needed to do or say to motivate other individuals. You know, one of his things was he also made sure that whenever he put you on the field, whatever you did well, whatever you did great, that's what you were going to do. And that's what you were going to be asked to do. He never put you in a position where your weakness would show whatever the weakest part of your game was. And then just having great teammates guys who cared about each other, guys who really could put their ego aside to work for a common goal. And we had a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people from a lot of different places, but everybody was singularly focused on winning championships. And we won one, and then I remember going to the meeting, and, and one of our leaders stood up, Shannon Sharp, and said, hey, guys, there's a lot of teams that's won one in a row. If you want to be special, if you want to be remembered, you got to go back to back and you got to go defend this championship. And to a man, that's what everybody wanted to do. And that's what everybody committed to. So that's to me was the secret sauce of being back to back champions was the fact that everybody put their pride and their ego aside and didn't care who got credit. It was literally all about winning Super Bowls. And that's it. Well, it's also very hard to win back-to-back championships. There's only been a handful of teams that have done it. So you know, everything that you guys have done was was well done, had a culture of excellence. I like the fact that you talked about the people-focused mentality and something that we did talk about on the last show too, you had said, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you talked about you know, it didn't matter what your role was as part of the Denver Broncos organization, even if you were the janitor. Like you were still valued and appreciated. And that's what it's about, treating people as people and caring about the people in your organization. That leads to success, whether you're a football organization or a well-run corporate structure, right? It's all about taking care of your people as well. Correct. And that attitude, like I said, started at the top with Pat Bowden. I mean, 
Pat, didn't matter what you did for the Broncos, you were a part of the Denver Broncos, which meant you're a part of his family and you're a part of the success of the Broncos. So whatever your job was, whether it was marketing, whether it was being the janitor, whether it was being the starting quarterback, we kind of looked at that as all integral parts of becoming champions. Love it. Yes. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody's important, no matter what that role is. And so that's just a fantastic mentality of great leadership. So I'm glad that you brought that up here. So let's discuss things that you did while you were still playing in the league to position you for success beyond the game. Well, there's a couple of things that I did when I was in college and I was majoring in communications. I started as a broadcast journalism major at Missouri and changed the communications at Wayne State. I knew I wanted to be in sports broadcasting, sports journalism. That was one of the things I knew I wanted to do at an early age. So some of the things that I just did was I just started volunteering myself. I'd go down to Channel 9 in Denver and say, hey, what can I do? Can I do anything here? Whatever. Of course, you know, meet me in a Bronco. They were happy to have me. They were happy to let me in the building. They were happy that I was there and and I wanted to learn. And there were times that they were like, okay, hey, we're just going to give you a cameraman. You just go around and interview some of your teammates. And, and so just doing that gave me some experience of being in front of the camera, actually interviewing people live, asking questions, asking follow-up questions, and really digging deep into some of my teammates to, to find an angle, to find a story. And that's what a lot of being in the sports broadcasting is, is, is finding a story, highlighting that story. Because everyone out there has a story and connect with people when they tell their stories. So. Uh, did that as well as when I played for Minnesota, I co-hosted a sports show that played after the game. So I would actually play the game, shower, do my interviews or whatever, and then head over to WCCO, CBS in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I would do a show with a guy named Mark Rosen, where we would recap football. Mostly we highlighted the NFC North division with the Vikings, the Packers, the Bears, and at the time, the Buccaneers. And then we would you know, highlight any big games that, that week. So, you know, if it was a huge rivalry game, you know, Dallas versus Washington or, or some game with two first-place teams, we also reviewed those games as well. But So, you know, I did that for my, my three years in Minnesota. That, that gave me a, a tons of experience, and uh, it led to what I did directly after my playing career was over, which is start working for Fox in San Diego, doing a sports show there. So what advice would you give for people that are interested in sports journalism? So what I've heard so far is, you know, try to do an internship, right? Or get connected, start volunteering, or, or if there's a paid opportunity to, but just get involved while you're still playing in the league. Now, some people might be like, well, that's great. I don't know how to go about doing that. So Talk to us about how can someone in today's day go about trying to get an internship? So what I would do is when those guys are sitting there interviewing you and they're asking questions after the game, those are the guys to talk to. If you notice that there's a reporter there and he's talking to you and he's got a cameraman in their interview, whatever, and there's another person standing beside him kind of directing him and giving instructors, probably the producer. And that's a great person to talk to. But my whole thing is, and and regardless of whether it's sports journalism or whatever it is you want to do, you have this tremendous platform, and your platform is playing in the NFL. 
and whatever you want to do, I think if you just make calls, if you make those relationships, that's the big thing. Make the relationships while you're playing. Most people would want to take a meeting with a current NFL player. I know some guys who wanted to get in banking and wanted to work on Wall Street. And they went to Wall Street and they found a few firms and they just said, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so with the New York Giants. I'm so-and-so, so-and-so with the Philadelphia Eagles. I would love to meet with someone and and talk about me possibly interning with your firm or or working with your firm. And and 100%, the guys took those meetings. And these guys, that got them in the door. But what kept them there and what made them successful is the fact that they could do the work. And people, the other thing is people were willing to teach them and mentor them, tutor them as they went along. And it helped them transition. I'm thinking of some specific people that I know that this happened with. And some of the guys had experience. Some guys had finance degrees. Other guys, they just wanted to get in this industry. And so people were willing to teach them. They were willing to tell them where to go, what to do, what qualifications they needed, what certifications to go after. And so, like I said, going back to my main point, make these relationships while you're playing in the NFL. Make the connections, cultivate those relationships. And when you have time and free time to maybe do an internship, whether it's paid or not or whatever, or just get some experience, go get the experience. Just do it. And that would be my advice. I think that's important to leverage the NFL brand while you're there, because to your point, your response rate is going to be so much greater if you have that, I'm an NFL player behind my name when you're reaching out to try to network with people. Correct. And like I said, I've literally seen a guy who played for the Philadelphia Eagles call up a firm in New York and and say, this is what I want to do post-career. Can I come in and learn? Can I come in and intern? They're like, hey, sure. And he went in and interned. And this is the true story. Went in and interned and, and learned the business and continued his playing career. And by the time his playing career was over, he's working for a company on Wall Street full time. And in a few years, he made more money on Wall Street than he made playing in the NFL. He made a lot of money playing in the NFL. But he was able to transition seamlessly because once he stopped playing, he had already had three or four years of experience working with this firm. And the only reason they would take his meeting or take him in to be an intern was because he was an NFL player. Another piece of advice would be find a mentor. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do. Cultivate that relationship and have them help you along your way and, and along your plan. And I'll speak for myself, a personal story. I was fortunate to have a mentor when I was playing after my fourth year, got a chance to sit down with Magic Johnson. Magic had long since finished his playing career and was you know, running Magic Johnson Enterprises as well as Magic Johnson Foundation, and he had the number of Starbucks and movie theaters around the country and was doing some huge things in business. And me and a friend of mine, Terrell Davis, you know, he took an interest in and, and we were introduced to him through a mutual friend. And he told us his story and how he had a mentor when he was in the seventh year of his NBA career because he knew he wasn't going to play forever. He didn't know he was going to retire the way he did, but he knew he wanted to get into business and, and be a successful businessman. And so Magic became a resource for us. He became a person that we could talk to, bounce ideas off of, you know, call and get advice. And, hey, you know, Magic, we're thinking about this. 
We're thinking about investing our money in this type of business. What do you think? And just really being able to have those type of conversations. And uh, so that would be my second piece of advice to these young players out there. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do and have them mentor you so you're not navigating those waters alone. Because most of us, football is our thing and we spend a lot of our energy and a lot of our time in football and we don't spend our time with these other things. So we need somebody who's walked those steps and walked that path and and navigated those waters before us that could really help us out. So if somebody's hearing this and I don't know how to go about finding a mentor, getting one, I've got some thoughts, but before I share those, I want to ask you, what would some of those thoughts be for you as far as how can someone go about finding a mentor in the space they want to go in? You can tap into your alumni association at your college, what are your university, wherever you went. That's one of the things that you can do. Imagine most of these guys who, who are making to the NFL, they're stars at their universities. So whether it's, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, USC, or wherever you went to school, people know you, they know your name. And you could tap into the alumni association and see, I'm interested in getting into banking. And there's this successful banker from my university. Imagine you calling him up and say, hey, man, I see you went to the University of South Carolina, too. I'm a proud Gamecock, and I see the things that you're doing in business, and that's something I want to do. You think I could call you? You think I could just get some advice from you? And I'm pretty sure someone like that would definitely want to mentor you or definitely want to take a meeting with you. You can start there. You can start with different players on your current team. I mean, there may be guys that are doing what you want to do. There was tons of guys on my team that wanted to get into uh, broadcast journalism. Shannon Sharp, who's one of the best at it. Mark Slara, who I played with in Denver for years. Chris Carter, who I played with in Minnesota. Randy Moss. These guys wanted to do that as well. Uh, Terrell Davis. And so these are guys I'd had access to every day. And they wanted to do the same thing that I wanted to do. So did I talk to them? Did I ask them what they were doing? Did they ask me about what I was doing? Yeah. And some of those guys, like I said, are some of the best at that today. So I think that's the two places to start. Oh, I think both of those are really good. I really, really like the Alumni Association as well because they have a vast amount of resources. They have all kinds of ways that you can connect with people. So that's a great place to start as well as looking at your teammates too. Another place that I would suggest people get on if they're not on it, and I know a lot of athletes are not on it yet. I've starting to see some more come on is on LinkedIn. It's a professional network. There's over 700 million people across the globe that are on it in all kinds of different industries. So it's a great place to network. And the approach that you had shared early, just reach out and say, hey, I'm such and such. I play for this team or I'm at this school. I'm really interested in a career in X. I see that you have experience there. I'd love to have a conversation. Would you be willing to chat? And most people yeah. would love, A, because you're playing, you're either a college athlete or an NFL athlete. They're going to be excited about that. And two, people love to help other people. So it's a great place to connect with people as well. I think my third and final place would be your local chamber of commerce in the city that you play in, whether it's college or in the NFL. There's tons of businesses that are associated with your local chamber of commerce. If you're a college star or an NFL star in one of these cities, uh, reaching out to some of those people that are in the industry that you want to go in, they would love to hear from you. They would love to help. Absolutely. That's another great suggestion. I'm glad you brought that up. So we've talked about some things that people should be doing. I I think the big thing is, and there's been a shift over 
the years, I think as the average NFL career continues to shrink, more and more people are becoming aware of the fact that, hey, I better figure out what else I'm going to do besides football because it's not going to last forever, right? So we've talked about some things people should do. What are some of the mistakes or uh, things that you've seen through players that you've known, friends, things that haven't gone right so people can be aware of the pitfalls or the things they shouldn't do? Well, yeah, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. No one ever thinks their career is going to end when it does. Um, you know, it's it's rare that you have guys like John Elway or Brett Favre, the guys that, you know, have these long careers and they exit the game on their own terms. Jerome Bettis, I, I, I think about, comes to mind. And guys like that, that they play a long time and they decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to hang them up now. And most of the guys we play and we think we can still play when they call us and say, hey, you know, we're just not going to sign you back or, or we're going to cut you or and you're waiting for another call from another team. So most of the guys, I don't know the number, but I'd probably say 80 to 90 percent of the guys exit the NFL a little earlier than they plan to exit the NFL. And it's not on their own terms. and It's not on their own timing. So I think that is one of the major mistakes is, is people don't they think they have time. They think, okay, well, I'm going to play six or seven more years. And then they find out, you know, at the end of this year, we're releasing you from your contract. And they have nothing in place. So like you said, I think get on it early, start making those relationships, start networking, start using the power of the NFL Shield and the team that you play for to build relationships, to really set yourself up for what's going on. And, and, and like I said earlier, I think one of the major mistakes is guys don't start their career, their second career, while they're in their first. That's, to me, what you have to do if you're going to set yourself up to be successful. Yeah, I think that's really important because, like you said, you don't know, like, you oftentimes feel like you have more to give to the game when it says it's time. You know, that team cuts you. There's no other phone calls, and now you're forced to figure out What's next? And because a lot of people haven't been focusing on that second career while they're in their first career, there's struggle with that, as you know. Yeah, and believe me, I've seen guys who are still in shape, who still could play the game, and for whatever reason, the NFL didn't want any more of them. You know, some of these guys were in their early part of their career. Some of the guys were a little later, but some of the some some of the guys that you know they played three, four, five years, and they know they can play more, but it. For some odd reason, it just doesn't happen for them. And no other team calls them. And now they're in their mid to late 20s and they're looking for a second career. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the big takeaway is start planning that now, thinking about what's next, positioning yourself, developing that playbook for success. Mentors are part of that. Networking is a part of that. And just kind of figuring out your game plan and where do you want to go instead of thinking, I'll figure that out later because I have time because you probably don't have time. Correct. So let's talk about something that you're currently involved with. I know that you're big into real estate. You're with a firm called LAVIP, Real Estate Director of Private Clients. Right now, you serve as a consultant. Talk to us about what made you want to get into real estate and what you're doing there. Uh, You know, I kind of luck into real estate, as I always say. You know, like I said, when I was playing, I was really focused on playing but also was focused on having a career in, in sports broadcast. 
But when I left Denver and I went to Minnesota, I was deciding, okay, where do I want to be when I'm done playing? Because I was like, well, I'm not going to live in Minnesota. I'm not buying a house in Minnesota. So let me start thinking about where do I really want to set down some roots when I'm done playing. It happened to be in Los Angeles. So that offseason before I went to Minnesota, I started looking for homes in L.A. And I'm looking all over. I'm looking in Calabasas. I'm looking Marina Del Rey. And I find this duplex in what's called the Miracle Mile in L.A. It had been marked down because the people were wanting to move quickly. And I saw it, and it was marked down and once. And then I looked at some other properties, came back to it, and they marked it down again. And I'm like, wow, they're trying to give away this property, it seems like. Like, I have to buy it. It was a duplex. Both units had two bedrooms, two baths, four-car garage, uh, nice backyard space, pretty huge property. Uh, so I got it basically on a steal. And I decided, okay, I'm going to live downstairs. It came with a renter upstairs who were great. They were great. They stayed for a while. They wound up moving. Another person moved in and he was great. So by the time that I lived there, what I, what I noticed was I can rent this place. And basically the people who live upstairs, their rent paid the mortgage and put a little extra money in my pocket. I was like, this is amazing. This is, I'm basically living living rent and mortgage free while somebody else is paying. And so that kind of got me into real estate. That was my first property. Uh, since then, I've acquired quite a few other rental properties. And that has been a, a tremendous thing in my uh, development as far as my transitioning to another career. That got me really, really interested in real estate. Connected with Rod Watson, who's a president and the CEO of LAVIP. And it was another thing like, I think we might have met on LinkedIn, went out, played golf together, had a couple of conversations and found out we had some great synergy as well as he was just a cool guy. So we developed a quick friendship and he was kind of telling me what he wanted to do. I was telling him how I was interested in real estate and what I was kind of doing in the real estate space. And his whole thing was wanting to build an agency that really captured the sports and entertainment space. You know, he'd worked with a lot of basketball players, but he had, didn't have any football guys that he really knew. And we talked and he thought I could be the connection to the football world. He's kind of, like I said, our guy in the basketball space. We have some other people that are involved in the entertainment space. And so we've kind of started building this thing for the last, for me, I've been involved for the last year and a half. We got some really good things coming up, planned. It's been wonderful, and it's really taken off. I'm in the process now, and he's mentoring me through this process of getting my real estate license. It's another transition for me, and it's something that I kind of lucked up into, I, I always say, but it's something that is great industry. It's, a, it's an industry that you can make a tremendous amount of money, especially in Los Angeles and Southern California. And so that's kind of how I got into it, and that's what I'm doing with it now. And I've known you for a few years now, and I know that everything yes. <laughs> that you do, you do first class. So I know that this next chapter for you in real estate is going to be just an amazing one. So I'm excited to continue to see you on your journey in the real estate 
world. So Byron, where can people learn more about LAVIP so we can make sure we have that in the show notes? Yeah, you can find us on all the social media sites, LAVIP, Instagram, send us a DM if you want to talk to us, if you want to learn about what we're doing and the things that we got going on. We also have a program that we're putting together. It's not fully baked right now, but it is to help athletes who want to transition into another career. It is specifically for that. And athletes who are interested in, you know, transitioning into the real estate space, becoming an agent, becoming a broker, getting involved in commercial real estate. We have a program for that and we're, we're developing a program for that. But we love to talk to guys and we'd love to talk to girls who are interested in transitioning from whatever sports career, whether it's a college career, whether it's a professional career, you're interested in getting into the real estate space, dealing with sports and entertainment clients. It's a pretty exclusive clientele that we deal with and have a lot of fun, connect with a great group of people and try to win a championship, as me and Rod say, in the sports and entertainment space in real estate. And we'll be sure to have those social links in the show notes so people can check y'all out, can reach out if they want to. And I think that program that you mentioned is a fantastic program and way to help athletes as they transition on to what's next. Yeah, or they can reach out to me as well on my Instagram, VC uh, underscore Chamberlain, same as Twitter is the exact same, or link with me, Byron Chamberlain on Facebook and LinkedIn. Perfect. And I'll have all of those in the show notes as well. So Byron, what I want to do now is go through my two minute drill and just ask you some fun questions to end the show. All right, let's do it. All right. First question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? I wanted to be a comedian. Oh. <laughs> then I knew I wanted to do sports on the news. And I thought the coolest job in the world was the guy who got to talk sports on the news. I thought that was really cool. And if that didn't work, I wanted to be a professional golfer. My next question is, who would play you in a movie about your life? I'd probably say Michael B. Jordan. I like him. He's an athletic guy. He's a guy I've seen that could put on a little weight, too. So I think he would be a good person to play me in a movie. Next question is, what is your favorite vacation spot? You know me, Jen. I'm a traveler. Yes. I'm a world traveler. I've been to some great places, Morocco, Bali. But Dorothy said in the Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. I'm a Hawaii boy. I yep. love being in I'm actually here in Maui right now as we're doing this. Anytime I can get to the islands, I'm here and it never gets old. I would have to go with Hawaii above any place else, favorite, no contest. I'm not surprised that you would say that. My next question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? I'm kind of boring. I like vanilla. I like plain vanilla. There's a lot of people that like plain vanilla, so you're not alone there. Next question is, what book are you currently reading or podcast are you currently listening to? currently reading a, a book called Principles in Real Estate. Current podcast that I listen to the most is my former teammate, Shannon Sharp, Club Shay Shay. My last question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? My number one choice, number one absolute choice would be Muhammad Ali. He's my sports hero. To me, there's nobody bigger than him in sports. And I don't care what the sport is. He not only dominated his sport and became world famous as the world champion, but then just becoming the humanitarian that he became, the person who gave up his career for his principles and his beliefs, who gave up millions of dollars to do that. Like I said, number one guy in sports, it's not even close with anybody else. So he's my number one guest on my list. 
Number two would be former President Barack Obama. I've never met Barack, but to me, he his impact and what he's done for Black people and people of color becoming the first African-American president of the United States really gave a lot of people hope. It really inspired a lot of people just to see where we've come from as, as African-Americans in this country in chains and bondage and slavery to holding the position of president of the United States. So to me, he would be number two selection. My third selection would go to my grandfather, Mr. Chamberlain. He's, he's deceased and he, he passed away when I was nine or 10 years old. And because I lived in Hawaii and we lived in San Diego and when I was young and he lived in Texas, you know, I really didn't get to spend a lot of time with him. I really didn't get to know him and have that type of relationship with him. My mother's father died much later. You know, I was in my 40s when he, he passed away. So I had a great relationship with him. But, you know, everybody who knows my grandfather, Mr. Chamberlain, everybody talks about him, talks about what a great man he was, what a great leader of our family he was. And and I just didn't get those experiences with him. Well, those are three great choices. The last one, especially because of the relationship and what that would mean to you too. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Byron, as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? Just you're a college athlete, you're a professional athlete. The time to start thinking about your career transition is now and putting those things in place. The earlier you do it, the easier it's going to be to do it. You have to take advantage of the platform that you're on, whether it's it's college, whether it's professional. You have to you know network and make the connections, and really cultivate those connections too. You got to call people. You got to email people. You got to let them know, hey, this is what I want to do, or here's the information that I want to get from you, or what I want to learn from you. Can you help me? And most of the time, when you reach out to people, uh, especially where you are right now as an athlete, people will respond to you and they're going to take your request serious and they're going to help you out. Absolutely. Great piece of advice. And if anyone's looking for some help with LinkedIn, I talked about LinkedIn earlier. I mean, I'm on it all the time. So if anybody wants some help with their profile or just navigating it, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to share whatever it is that I can to help you to continue to move the ball in this next journey and in your networking and trying to connect with other people in the fields that you're interested in. Jen, let me say this to everybody that's going to be listening to your podcast. Please reach out to me, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, reach out to me. Uh, Let me know that you're reaching out because you heard this podcast. And I promise you, I will get back with you. I will definitely connect with you. There's a lot of people that reach out to me, just crazy people. <laughs> but if you let me know you, you listened to the Move the Ball podcast, you heard me on there, I promise you I will reply and I will you know, try to help you or, or get you in the right direction that you want to go. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Byron. Appreciate that. And thank you again for coming on the show. I know we talk often, but I really appreciate you sharing more of your insights and experiences to help guys as they look to position themselves for success beyond the game. All right. Thank you, Jenna. And, and thanks to everyone for listening. And please, you know, if you twice. found this valuable, please share this with anybody else that you think would get value out of today's conversation as well. And like and subscribe. Yes, that's important too. Like and subscribe. Thank you. And we will catch you all next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. 
to see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.